Welcome to the Vestavia Hills City Schools Podcast. I'm Whit McGee. And I'm Brooke Wedgworth. Brooke, we've made it to the end of September. I know. <laughs> I mean, how in the world have we already been through two months of school? It's absolutely flying. So I have to ask, um, we in, in our last episode with Dr. Patrick Martin, we talked about what you were enjoying about September so far, one of your favorite things. So now I've got to ask you, is there something that you're looking forward to in October? Well, I would say the weather. Yes. So actually enjoying it today because it's feeling a little bit like fall today. That's right. So that's one thing. And then I'm excited, which this is the nerd in me, but I'm excited about our um, professional development days that we have coming up in October for our staff and our teachers. And so, of course, that's that's my area. So I do get a little bit excited about our professional learning, but just excited to give our teachers that time to reflect and continue to grow and learn some more. That's good. I'm really excited for a lot of the arts performances that are coming up in October. And uh, arts seems like a lot of the things on the performance side really start to crank up in the schools in October, in the fall. So your your next month in uh, the middle schools and, and high school and even a couple of the elementary schools, you'll start to see things like choral performances, band performances, theater showcases. Um, and as a matter of fact, we just finished work on a new section of our website that's all about arts education. So just a quick little plug, if you're interested in keeping up with the arts calendars and seeing photos and videos and student work, you can go to vhcs.us slash arts education. So super pumped about that. Dr. Sandy Ritchie is here today. She's our director of exceptional education. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be with you guys today. All right. So same question to you. Is there something you're, you're pumped about for October? I enjoy football season. So it's been a lot of fun just to follow all of the wonderful things that are happening with our sports groups. And I mean, everything from the football players to the cheerleaders and the dancers. So it, it's just I continue to see how wonderful they're playing. And I mean, it's just great. Well, you are uh, started here this year as our uh, director of exceptional education, but you've got a great just resume of experience coming into our school systems. You tell us a little bit about where you're from, how you got here to Vestavia, what you like most about Vestavia Hills. Thank you. Yeah. So I actually started my career um, about 21 years ago, really in at Green Valley Elementary in Hoover. Um, I was actually a student teacher there, and that was a really neat experience because within completing my student teacher um, year, one job, only one job came available at Green Valley and it was a second grade position and I got the job and it was amazing because I had just learned so much from the faculty and staff and um, to be with them was just such a blessing. Um, And I got to stay at Green Valley for a little while. I've taught fifth, third and second. So that's been a great experience. And after my experience at Green Valley, I really moved into a literacy coach position. And that was wonderful because I am very passionate about literacy, um, everything from oral language development to speaking, writing um, and reading, of course. And then from there, I went into administration. Um, That was a pretty quick jump. And that that was great because I learned a lot about just all of the things that are happening in the building, um, just a very different balcony view. Um, After having four children, though, um, the Lord called me to do something totally different. So I needed to go back to being a literacy coach. And and that was great because that was under 
different administrations, so it, it's always good to experience different leadership styles. Um, after being in Hoover for about 11 to 12 years, uh, I got a call from Mountain Brook and um, was able to really and truly go and serve there at Crestline Elementary as a literacy coach and learned a lot about what a different school system can offer, and, and that's been that was a great experience. And after a few years at Crestline Elementary, um, I actually moved in moved to Cherokee Bend as the assistant principal and then within a year became the principal. So that's actually my last stop. I was at the I was at Cherokee Bend for about five to six years and um, that was a valuable experience for me. Just again another opportunity to be a part of um, a different view for the school system. And have come now to Vestavia as Director of Exceptional Education. Very proud to be here. Um, this has presented a whole new challenge and I am absolutely loving it. So, Sandy, sometimes when people hear director of exceptional education, they're not really sure what that term means or really what that includes. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? And then what are some of the services that we provide here in our system? So when we think through what um, our um, Department of Exceptional Education provides, we're really talking about five major programs. Um, Students with special needs, you know, students um, that, that have those services as such as IEPs. We also have um, a program that really surrounds our 504 plans, and those are children that really and truly receive accommodations um, so they can have equal access to the curriculum, just like all other students. We also have our EL program, which serves our English language learners. Um, And then we have a preschool program, so our students can come in as little rebels and be prepared for their journey into our school system. And then And um, our last group is our gifted um, specialists who provide um, above and beyond services, children who may need more and who have mastered the standards and really can flourish in um, deeper levels of knowledge. So really five major programs. I mean, that's a pretty high number of students because when you're when you're talking about five different aspects of exceptional education, I, I would imagine that that takes a lot of people to make all that work. And we're also talking about a, a pretty large number of students that we're serving. Can you tell us how many students that are we're, we're serving through all things exceptional education and then how what, the numbers of staff that we have? Wow, that's a great question. So, I mean, each department, of course, contains its own number. Um, altogether, I mean, it's definitely over 3,000 children. And some children cross into different areas within our exceptional education. Um, with that being said, I mean, we have over 250 people um, specifically serving our students, and, and that's pretty phenomenal. That level of support is, is incredible. And another aspect to exceptional education um, it would be some of our special facilities and things like that that we have to offer. So I had the privilege of going to the ribbon cutting ceremony recently for the new life skills classroom at the high school. So tell us a little bit about that classroom and then other facilities that we have to offer across the district. So that was a pretty special moment for our students at the main campus. Really and truly, that was an idea that was birthed not only with our students, but our parents who wanted to support an opportunity for our children to learn how to do things as simple as um, measuring, um, you know, liquids or whatever it is that they were planning to cook in that life skills classroom to um, everything from learning how to work a stove, you know, or an oven. So with that being said, our parent support has been phenomenal because a lot of what's 
flourished from that opportunity has been you know, their financial support. Um, but our kids, you know, we, we want them to be taken care of academically. But what I absolutely love about what we do in Vestavia is we are focused on the whole child. So we want them to be able to go into the world and be able to function as um, independent adults who are resourceful and are able to take care of themselves, you know, emotionally, behaviorally, and socially. And this life skills classroom unit really does provide an opportunity for them to do that. Um, And it's just, it's been great. When I think about other you know, places in our district or, or just things that I've noticed so quickly. Um, you know, when I think there's a classroom, for example, at um, Dolly Ridge. And when I was visiting a teacher recently and walked into that classroom, it was pretty amazing to see things like flexible seating. And it was everything from a swing to um, rock chairs that were kind of sitting on the floor to what we would see as stationary tables and stationary desks. But what that environment did was provide an opportunity for our children to experience how to learn in their own learning style. So we want our children to learn more about who they are as individuals and what do I need to be able to receive information well. So to have those kinds of opportunities in one classroom alone is pretty spectacular. I've noticed that too in a number of classrooms, this desire for flexible seating. Brooke, I know you've seen it out there too. And I could imagine that there are some who just think, hey, why do we why do we even bother with that? Like kids need to learn to just sit still in a desk. But it's really I I mean, both of you can probably speak to this, that that's just if you're really trying to connect with every child, every child, you got to meet them where they are. And sometimes that means you may not be able to connect with them in the best way, just sitting in some plastic hardback chair (laughs) at a desk all day. Yeah, and there's a lot of research out there that really supports um, flexible seating. And really, it's been around for several years. I know Mm -hmm. even in my own classroom, um, I tried to provide lots of different options for seating. And the cool thing about it is that you can allow students to make those selections for themselves. Sometimes you may have to guide, but generally they figure out what they need that's most conducive for them to learn. And then sometimes they may try something and realize, okay, this is not really the best for me, and they change it up. So it's just cool to see the students say, okay, I really need a stationary desk and chair in my own little space. Or some kids who know that they need to have some time where they can stand, like at a standing desk or table, because they know for them sitting still for a long period of time is just really not the best best way for them to learn. I had the opportunity to go to the ribbon cutting uh, of the life skills classroom with you. And what a joyful space. And there, there are two things that stood out to me when we went to the ribbon cutting. First of all, the exceptional ed students who were in the classroom, they had a little ceremony and they got to have some cake and some refreshments and stuff and just enjoy the space, had some pictures and all that. The thing that I noticed among all of those students is how relaxed and how comfortable they felt in that space. That really is like their home away from home, or at least it seemed that way to me. That's exactly it. And if you had a chance to see some of the other spaces that were connected to that unit, you will have noticed that there are actually two beds um, back there. Not that they're sleeping in those beds, but it's everything from it, it feeling like home. And I mean, there's a washer and dryer that is connected to that unit. So again, all of these opportunities just for functional living and the children do feel very comfortable in that space. It's very warm and inviting. And then the second thing that I observed, Dr. Ritchie, was when we shared this news 
news out with the community through our social media and on our website. Several parents coming back saying, boy, I really wish that all students had the opportunity to come learn those life skills that the exceptional ed students. I mean, they, they just it seems like we're in Vestavia Hills all about giving every student just an edge on life. They talk about the rebel edge at the high school all the time, just giving them that extra, that extra boost into life. And wow, what an edge those students get coming out of school. So Sandy, we know obviously that you're new to Vestavia. And so just really wanted to hear about some of the things that you feel like are special here. Uh, Maybe even in the way that we serve our students. I know Wits touched on that a little bit. And then maybe some things that you've realized even since stepping into this role. So what stood out or has stood out to me um, that has just been phenomenal so far is just the level of support that our children are receiving. You know, when you think about what really and truly impacts student achievement, and I don't mean just achievement, just again, with regards to academics, um, it, it's your your teachers. And we have incredible teachers who are invested in their own learning so they'll be able to provide best practices for our students um, but want to do everything they can to help each and every child reach his or her fullest potential and um, they don't take no well for an answer like I mean they they want to go above and beyond and you couldn't ask for more from a group of people um, where we're trying to reach every learner Um, and that to me is just what stood out and then this level of support that's given to those teachers, um, as well as our paraeducators and, and everyone else, our, what I would call our wraparound services, our nursing department, our transportation department, um, all of that has just been just a joy to learn more about. One thing I'm curious to know is just about trends in exceptional education, because you, you've talked about all of the different services, the things that fall under the umbrella of exceptional education, are those are the need for those services trending upward in schools? Are they trending downward? Are they staying about the same? Or are there any other things that people in our community can expect just in general with with the direction that things are moving in exceptional ed? That's a really great question, Whit. And, you know, that's actually a common question right now. And I think that when we look at where we've been in education, we have had lots of opportunities to really figure out how to support the academics well um, within literacy and within math. And we have phenomenal interventionists and teachers who are providing great support there. Something that we are noticing, though, and this is really coming off of COVID as well, is that we do need to think more about the mental well-being of our children, as well as the social and behavioral well-being of our children. And in order to do that, you know, our department will need to continue providing the knowledge and skills that our teachers need to to support our children well in those areas. Um, It's not uncommon to see this right now across the state of Alabama or really across the nation. Um, And we're doing everything we can, you know, to support our students. But that is a pattern that we're picking up on. And I know with all the services that you provide with the teachers, paras, um, contract staff, facilities. So all of that obviously adds up in cost. But, you know, thinking about the future, and obviously, if there's more funds in the future, too, what are some things that you would like to see happen, change, or really even create to provide more opportunities? The thing that's probably most important to us right now um, is probably professional development. We are fortunate enough to really have a 
a monthly meeting where we have brought on board what we call lead liaisons. And that is a school representative from each school who meets with us monthly. And it's an opportunity for me to learn more about what's happening in the schools um, and not just with regards to our students, but what our adults need. Because if our teachers are well taken care of and are equipped with what they need, they're going to take care of our children. So it's, it's been great to, to be with our lead liaisons. And in those conversations, what we have learned is that they, they want more professional development so they can continue doing what they know is best practice for our students. So I think in fact, I know that'll be our focus going forward. Um, again, building capacity within our people will only create more leaders who can um, take care of our children. And I'm interested to know, too, when you talk about professional development, it is I feel like I've seen some things that indicate that individual that, that just general classroom teachers are getting more of this professional development just in the area of um, identifying individual needs of students and leaning into their learning styles. Brooke, I know that you talk a lot about that, but then other other things related to their mental health and their social and behavioral health as well. That's exactly it. And it's everything from, you know, what are the latest interventionists, interventions out there with regards to programs? And um, how do we choose what interventions matter most for that specific student? So we're not just generalizing or, you know, creating a blanket opportunity. And it's not just um, learning about those interventions. It's learning about how to implement them well um, with a multi-sensory approach. And after we are implementing them, how do we collect data to ensure that our students are making the progress that they should be making and analyzing that data so we can be as flexible as possible in our thinking to redesign plans, redesign instruction to make sure that we are meeting these individual needs. So it, it's pretty exciting because our Teachers are hungry, <laughs> like they are excited about this, and it's headed in um, a great direction. I would say out of each area, when we think about how children qualify for additional services, um, behavior specifically is an area that we are going to try to spend more time in, um, just again, because we believe in serving the whole child, which means that we need to ensure that our children's behavioral needs are met, um, as well as their academic needs. One thing I want to make sure that we mention today, because as um, Dr. Ritchie mentioned earlier, she has various, I guess, departments within her one department. But I do want to highlight our um, EL department because they have some great things coming this school year. They're going to be doing a lot more with family engagement, family engagement events. So just earlier this month, they had a family night where they really just provided great information for um, our parents and had translators there. And I think it was well received and the parents just really loved it and enjoyed being together. They have a game night planned for, I believe, November. They do. And so I, I love the idea that they really want to make sure that all of our families, all of our parents um, feel included or involved. They know what's going on. And so their their approach to family engagement is exciting. Hopefully we can touch on that more this school year. And they'll also be offering some classes, some parent education, I guess, English classes 
um, yes, kind of starting soon. Or those so are starting actually, those today. Have, those have started. Yes, yes. yes. So we actually have um, adult classes beginning where we have some of our EL families, some parents coming in to learn English, and um, those classes are filling up pretty quickly. Actually, so wow. yes, we are offering those now. That's so exciting, and I think again, just a great way for our families to connect with each other feel like they're involved and a part and, and, and really be able to contribute um, to the school community as well. So we will definitely hopefully highlight that more in the future. That is a great, and, and I'm, I'm interested to know before we get out of here, each year in our annual report, and I don't have a copy of it in front of me, but we highlight the, the, all of the different parts of the world that our students and their families come from. And it's like, over 40 different countries. You're talking about dozens of different languages that are spoken in the home of our students. And so this EL component this is a big deal. Does that create additional challenges or opportunities for some of your exceptional education staff in terms of the work that they do with students? Or how, how do you lean into that? I believe that excites our EL teachers. Um, they are very passionate about what they do. Um, all, we meet monthly as well, just excited with all of these new and new ideas about how they can continue to engage our families and serve our students well. Um, you know, what's really what's really interesting about this year is for the first time, the state of Alabama is actually launching a, an EL framework. And somebody like me, who has an EL background, has been waiting 20 years for this. So um, this is going to be exciting for our people. It will benefit our children and really bring together a community and, and create some cohesion with what our EL students are experiencing and what all other students are experiencing. So um, so there will be challenges there, but we are embracing them and they actually excite us. I was in a classroom um, yesterday, in fact, of a teacher at one of our elementary schools who is the English language learner teacher. And she had on her wall uh, a map of the world and pins where all of her students just in the school are from. And it's like, every continent, except for Antarctica. We're, we're working on getting some penguins in the school system, but uh, <laughs> they, they, I mean, everybody uh, is, is in our schools. They're, you know, what's the, they're also, they're coming to America. Yes, yes. <laughs> they're coming to Vestavia. So I love it. So that's great. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Ritchie. We appreciate it. Well, I really enjoyed being with you all as well. We're very proud of what our department is doing and we're striving for more, but it's, it's, really an exciting time for us. And thank you for listening to the Vestavia Hills City Schools podcast.